Coming up on this episode of Real Talk Rentals, we're gonna give you the do's and don'ts of property management. Welcome to Real Talk Rentals, a podcast brought to you by OnQ Property Management. We're here to give you all the tips and tricks of owning a rental property. I'm your host, Ben, and with me, as always, is Mr. Eric Dixon, go-to property management expert, which is a good thing because today we're going to do a list. We're going to do some do's and don'ts of property management. So it's almost like a lightning round, I guess. We're just going to throw stuff out there, see yep. see what sticks. Um, so let's jump right into it. Eric, let's start with the do's. Give me your top 10 must do or no for a person owning a rental property. Okay. Full disclosure, Ben gave me a heads up on this one. So this is in no particular order. Right. But I feel like these are kind of the uh, the top the top things to consider and the top do's here, if you're going to think about investing in a rental, you own a rental and what to consider, you know, managing that rental. So my, my number one, and it is in no order, but if it was to be in order, this, I bumped to the top of the list. It's knowing your why. And it kind of sounds like we're uh, a self-help sure. you know, uh, yeah. podcast or something, but it's know your why of owning this property right? Okay. or why should I buy one? You need to understand owning rentals or investing in rentals is not a uh, get rich quick scheme. You know, it's not going to, it's not going to happen overnight. In fact, it happens so slowly that year to year as you're doing renewals or looking at your Zestimate go up and down all summer or whatever, you wonder why am I doing this? Right. <laughs> so so I, I would say understand that why. For me, um, I was telling you yesterday the uh, my why of owning rentals. Like I had to replace a roof this summer, an AC this summer. We had an insurance claim this summer on another property, and I'm sitting there going like, "This is a net negative year right. as far as capital improvements into our portfolio of rentals for my wife and I." So why are we doing it? You know, and you look at the tax benefits. You look at the uh, you know, servicing all the debt on the properties and all this stuff. And you realize, okay, why am I doing this? The three, the five, the 10, the 20 year plan is the why, you know, eventually they're going to be paid off. And eventually the, you know, if rates go down, you could refinance or, you know, whatever those, those things are. So understanding your why is the number one, because that will help you with the future don'ts that we'll go over. And even some of the do's, um, you'll be able to make those decisions more clearly. Yeah. I, I think it's important to know too, and we talked about this yesterday, but the why sometimes for some people is they have to, you know, yep. they're moving and they can't sell the market's yep. taking a downturn. They can't sell their property. So yep. they're stuck being a landlord. And that's important to know when you're in it. Yeah. And so you're like, Hey, why am I owning this? Oh yeah. Cause if I don't rent it out right now, then I'm going to have to service this debt without income, or I'm going to take a huge loss on the sale or, or whatever, you know, and, and some yeah. of the, some of the times the why is not a positive thing. It's yeah. just reality smacks you in the face and you go, why am I doing this? Oh yeah. Cause I don't want this worse scenario. Right. So yeah, that, that would be number one. Now these others, not in any order, um, treat it as an investment. You know, it's not an emotional thing. It yeah. needs to be an investment. And the when this is the hardest is when we sign on clients to use our service and we're managing now their prime their former primary residence is now their right. rental. And they're sitting there going, No, this is our home. It's yeah. not an investment property. This is my home. We raised our family here. I got married here. You know, I brought my pets home here. And then we call them about 
you know, business. We're talking about lease renewals, renting it, market rate, the tenants not treating it like their home. Right. Or it's not the tenant they pictured yeah, in that home. Yeah, you know? and and again, you've you've mentioned a lot. A lot of these things are non intentional, right? Unintentional, um, but they don't treat it like an investment, and they're treating it like their their old house. And it's like, nope, the gear needs to go in your head and shift to it's an investment, not an emotional uh, purchase. Um, so that, I'd say that's uh, that's one of them. Another one is know your costs. So all the financial sides. So know what is your what are your hard costs. So your mortgage payment, maybe your uh, property taxes, your insurance, your HOA, your management fees. What are your hard costs? Right. And then what are some of the soft costs, meaning the things you can control? So vacancy being one of the biggest costs, um, utilities while it's vacant, your costs to renovate it. You need to know the numbers. Um, yeah. And a lot of us that are real estate investors, I'm not a numbers guy. I'm more of a, you know, uh, shoot from the hip type. Yeah, where I'm like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yes, I know. I'll, I know we'll make it up on the back end. Let's just go for it. Right. Um, some people are way on the numbers, but you, you've got to, even somebody like me. You got to know your numbers. Yeah, you don't want to be shocked when something comes in and you're like, wait, what are all these minuses on the ledger? Yeah, yeah, and you need to know even before you're investing. Like, hey, hypothetically, next summer when I have to renovate this thing, what's that going to cost? Right. You need to at least get some sort of bid, even if it's verbal from a contractor. Like, oh yeah, that's going to cost you twenty grand. Yeah. You're like, holy smokes! Like, I'm not going to have have that kind of money next summer. Um, so you know, know your costs, have a budget for it, understand that the numbers. Um, if you know them up front, it's going to speak volumes in the future. Um, I'd say the next one is have a great team around you. So think in your head, if you're self-managing it, you still need a team. You still right. need a team of people to support you if issues come up, whether that's an attorney for evictions, whether that's a property manager you team up with, contractors, handymen, um, a CPA to do your taxes and get all the benefits yeah. you can. You know, You need a team around you. It could be that the best team around you is your spouse. And you're like, hey, we are the team for most of this. We don't have a lot of you know, fluff here to hire people. We're going to have to do a lot of it ourselves or you know, whatever that is. So just have a team around you. I, I listed here, I think I mentioned all of them, property management company, contractor, attorney, CPA. Yeah. You know, Just name all those and have that spelled out so when issues do come up and there is a flood at two in the morning on Sunday on the weekend that you're not then going to Google. You're like, no, yeah. I already, I have a plumber. I have a contractor. I, you know, my, if it's a property management company, I can tell you they have a team, you know, ready to yeah. go for you. So, so marry a certified CPA is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to be super efficient with this, yeah. when you're, when you're, uh, courting your spouse or your to be spouse, you know, you're, you're engaged, just make sure that they, they check some of those boxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so know your why, treat as an investment, know your costs, have a team. Those are four. Five, have a general understanding of the tenant landlord laws in your area. So in Arizona, we'll speak from, you know, there's the Tenant Landlord Act, right? And you do not need to memorize it. You don't need to study it, but read it at least once. Yeah, be aware. Be aware, you know, and have an understanding of you know, the, the basic rights of a tenant. And it doesn't matter where you are in any state, no matter how strict or not strict the laws are, tenants have rights and they should, you know, and they need to, we need to understand what those rights are and not only those rights and then draw a line, but understand, you know, the tenant's rights, the landlord's rights and that gray area in the middle where you're, you're going to have to flex and bend and be understanding. Right. 
Um, and that kind of bleeds into a next bullet point we made here of knowing about or have knowledge of fair housing. So yeah. on the federal level and the state level and the city level, you yeah. know, I've, I've mentioned it in previous episodes, the city of Mesa, the city of Tucson, uh, the town of uh, of Gilbert, they have different fair housing laws within their town or city. Yeah. Then you have the state and then you have the federal. And what what applies to you, what doesn't apply to you. And if you self-manage, you're held to a different standard than if you hire a third-party management company, they are held to a different standard. Yeah. If your uh, management company requires a licensed broker, they're held to a higher standard than somebody who is not, you know, does not have a license yeah. and, and so forth. I think this is important too because it's surprising how much is in there. You know, you yeah, think, yeah. you think, you know, like, yeah, don't, you know, don't discriminate based on race or, you know, you yeah. think, you know, all the boxes to check and it's surprising, you know, the, the wording of it and how careful you need to be and make sure that you're, you're following that to the letter of the law. Yeah. And, and we'll get to that on the don'ts, but it's like, if you know, fair housing, then you're automatically not going to do some of the things we're going to say, right. don't do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. like, hey, Don't discriminate based off this, this, and this, or don't, you know, just because in your head, you mentioned, you know, maybe this quote, ideal family didn't move into your rental. And it's yeah. like, Hey, none of that matters. You know, the fair housing yeah. <laughs> laws, you know, spell that out. And, and once you've been through a cycle or two of, of tenancies and you've leased the property and you've moved them out, you do get to the point where you're like, do you know what? I don't care about that stuff anymore. You right. Know, the, the kids or the pets or the, I care about the investment and that they're taking care of the property, that it's appreciating, that I'm getting the right um, tax advice and I'm using a property management company I know and trust, you know, and that, that type of stuff kind of just falls into place. Um, I would say the next one, it, this is super important. And do you know what? If you're going to number them, this may be number one. Be open and flexible to adapting to the market. And we're experiencing that right now. Big time. Know, big yeah. time. You know, where the market is different than it was a month ago. It's different than it was three months ago, six months ago, and a year ago. And that sounds cliche, you know, but it really is. When interest rates were super low, the, the rental market was different. Interest rates are high. The rental market is directly affected. Yeah. Um, because investors are are making decisions differently. Home buyers that would be home buyers are now not buying. They're renting. Uh, people that were going to sell, they can't sell for as much as they were. So they're deciding to rent. Right. And so funny enough, the sales market is saturated, but also the rental market saturated. And so you need to be open and flexible to adapt in real time. It's not, Oh, let's just wait 30 days and see, you know, it's like, no, you need to adjust today. Yeah. Um, no less than 30 minutes ago. So I actually just came over here from an appointment um, and my property manager works for us. He's amazing. Noah, he emails me and says, Hey, uh, one of your tenants is wondering if they can end their lease early. They need to move. They can't renew at the end of January. They'd like to move at the end of December. And I'm sitting there going, Oh man, I could hold them to the lease, but ask them why they're moving. Because if they want to move because rents are going up, like I'm willing to keep rent the same. In fact, let's see what they say. I would even lower the rent to help right. them stay. So he asked them and I said, Hey, do you know what? Lower, offer them a renewal for $50 less a month. See if they'll stay. He says, Oh man, that'd be great. Um, come to find out it, it's not to do with finances, but, um, they said, Hey, I'm losing my roommate or I'm losing this, this, and this the rent's going to have to be $400 a month less in rent. And I was like, ah, I can't do 400, but I could have done 50 or a hundred all day. I would have done right because I understand the vacancy costs me a lot. 
leasing and marketing fees and and uh, utilities and and that sort of in the liability of owning a, a vacant property. And so anyway, the uh, I was open and flexible right away because I'm like, dude, I can't have this place vacant during yeah. Christmas or during you know the the first of the year when it's slow. So. You know, it, it's happening right now. I'm going to have a vacancy here in a month that, that, w- yeah. that I wasn't planning on. So I'm going to have to look at, okay, well, I need to be open and flexible to that market. We're, we're seeing a lot of now two people that, you know, well, you know, somebody else on the street six months ago rented out the same floor pan for, you know, $3,000. And it's like, well, yeah, that was six months ago. Yeah, now it's 26. Yeah. <laughs> or so, 28, yeah. Yeah. The, it's drastically changed. Yeah. And, and it is a struggle where people aren't adapting fast enough and we're constantly encouraging them like you got to move where the market is yeah or, or no, it's and and landlords and sellers and owners of real estate are realizing it i just don't real i don't know how to emphasize enough that you can't wait a month to see what happens and then adjust right you you need to adjust today and it might you might have to adjust again next week and again next week and you don't need to do huge adjustments just be flexible and open um, trust your property manager, trust your, you know, the, uh, trust your team, your property manager, trust yeah. your contractors just to get stuff done, your attorneys and, and so forth. Um, next on the list here, be prepared for un- for the unexpected. So, you know, it almost again, sounds like it, this is just me this year, right? Just expect the unexpected is the, the repairs Tenant yeah. loses their job. Tenant gives notice early. Like, hey, the one I just mentioned, the lease ends in January. They're moving at the end of December, whether I want to work with them or not. They're right. like, hey, I'm moving. <laughs> so you either can work with me and let me end a, a month early, and that way we can show it and market it early, or I'm just going to turn in keys a month early and and say, you know, hey, come after me. So we're going to work with them and, and figure out a buyout or, you know, negotiate that out. But you need to be. You need to not only be prepared for the unexpected, but expect the unexpected. Right. Um, we've said this several times now, but you had to buy a roof this year. Yeah. You had to oh, buy dude. an AC unit this year. You know things that you're not prepared for, but you can't just have a rental property that doesn't have a functioning roof. Yeah, and I've got a property with uh, with a couple partners. And uh, we there was a repair came through, and the, you know the HVAC technicians like, hey, look, I could fix it for X, or I could replace it for three times that. And I'm sitting there, we're on a group text, and we're like, what do you guys think? Should we just replace it? Like, dude, let's just replace it. And I'm like, dude, we were not planning on replacing this. We just bought this place. It's only yeah. seven, eight years old, but it's just a fluke thing, and you know, it's just an unexpected repair. Yeah, it hurts less when you split it three ways, but. But it also is like, dude, that was not expected. No matter yeah. what, no matter how you you dice it, you know. Um, so prepare for the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Next, top ten things to do: use a licensed, bonded, insured contractor for repairs. Yeah. So that's easy from our side of the table. It's like, hey, Mister Property Owner, Mrs. Property Owner, please use a licensed, bonded, insured contractor. Um, we require it, you know, when you, when we're managing your property. So that's easy, but I'm telling you when you self-manage, it is so easy to use your guy or your gal to do your handyman repairs, use your uncle to save you a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a property manager today. I have a Marco Polo group with, with a couple brokers and he's like, Oh, I had one of the properties I manage catch on fire last night. Um, because, and I think it's because of a, uh, 
a contractor or a handyman that did something that caught it on fire during a repair. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, I hope they were licensed, bonded, and insured. Because that $200 you saved yeah. may get you a denial on your insurance claim. <laughs> yeah. you know, And then they're going to come after you for your general liability because you didn't hire a licensed, bonded, insured contractor. So um, that, that one's super, super important, super relevant even to a conversation I had today. And then the last, and this is more of a uh, in the top 10, make sure you have an annual review of your investment. You know, it doesn't have to be formal, but at least annually, a lot of times it comes at your lease renewal time because you're talking about rent, you're talking right. about maintenance, you're talking about, you're talking to your property manager anyway, is review things. You know, when does, when should we up the rent next? Should I refinance this property, check rates and stuff out? Should I consider, hey, is this one going well? Should I buy another one? Hopefully you're not investing in rentals so that every year you're determining, should I sell this? I hope that everyone listening gets into this and you you want to buy a rental or convert your primary residence to a rental to keep it forever. Right. The idea is you're going to keep this thing long-term and that if you are going to sell, you're going to 1031 exchange it into another one or exchange it into two. So hopefully your annual review doesn't turn into, I want to sell this thing. Right. Because most people I sell their properties for, they're like, man, I shouldn't have sold. You know, they're five years down the line. They're looking yeah. at real estate values, just keep going up and up and up. And they're like, man, I should have. Yeah. For what I was into that thing, I should have kept it. If you're doing the annual review too, you're looking at the whole picture instead of just, you know, if you talk to you the day after you had to got a bill to replace a roof, you're probably like, get rid of this thing. Yeah, you oh, know? absolutely. But you got to look at the big picture and be like, yes, that was, you know, one down in a year of, you know, ups. Yep. So, and, and one of the things, uh, I keep, uh, it's kind of a spreadsheet that I, that I got from a friend, but he, uh, it's called a net worth spreadsheet. So at the end of every month, I'll put in how much did my tenants pay off the mortgage? Like, so what's my mortgage balance? Right. And then at the end of the year, you can look at it and go, oh man, I didn't make any money as far as repairs, cash flow. Oh, but my tenant paid off $8,000 of principal balance on my loan this year. Like, oh man. Yeah. There, there's the silver lining in keeping this thing. Yeah. And then when you do your taxes, you're like, oh, the depreciation or the writing off the repairs or the property management fees or you know whatever it is. And a lot of times the silver lining of owning it isn't until you take a step back and realize, yeah, I, I had to replace the roof. Oh, but do you know what? The tenant paid off $10,000 of principal this year, or I get to write off that interest or that, that expense on my taxes or, you know, that sort of thing. So make sure that you are doing that at least annually. It doesn't need to be formal with your property manager. A lot of times, um, that's not a lot of times that conversation is going to be with your CPA or your yeah. spouse, or it's going to be, you know, you just sit back and you read through the statements and you read through your, your mortgage statements, your property taxes, your HOA fees, your, and you just look at all of it and say, okay, what am I doing? Understand my why going back to that. And then it kind of re rebalances you and reboots you to what you're going to do next year. Right. All right. So, I think that was 10, right? Yeah, that's 10. So okay. not, not in any order, not in any do. order. All important. Well, then let's move to the don'ts. Okay. Top 10 things a person should never do or know not to do when owning a rental property. Number one, don't hire this company. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> Don't hire our competitor. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, okay. We'll just, we'll just jump in here. And again, we, we prepared this a little bit, but, uh, okay, no particular one, order. Yeah. No particular order. Number one <laughs> being don't assume your property and your taste is the best. And I, you know what? I put that one and I put in parentheses, 
you had an example about a jungle house or something. Oh, right. Yeah. Matt was telling us that, um, the entire house was painted safari themed. safari themed. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's like gorillas in the living room <laughs> and like tigers in the kitchen. And it's like, you might think that's cool, but don't assume that everyone else does. Oh yeah. No. And it's, it's just the classic, like my house is, my house is the best. Yeah. It's like, I put those floors in myself. Like these, how these are beautiful. It was 10 years ago and it's way out of date now and it's you know not, not trendy anymore, but yeah, you know, so you just have to realize that your property and your taste may not be what is in. It may not be what's the best. And don't be offended when your property manager or your rental expert comes in and says, Hey, we need to repaint this whole house. Yeah. That you just painted three years ago, green and blue and black. We need to paint it a uh, white or a neutral color. Um, Another, the next one, don't let your property sit vacant too long. Remember that's your number one expense. We hit that all the time, all the time. And I, you know, if you're listening to this, you're like, dude, you say that every week, but it, it totally is. Um, I look at that example of I've got a vacancy coming up and I'm going to lose more in vacancy than we will by lowering the rent to a hundred dollars. Yeah. So it's like, you know, vacancy costs the most. So do not let it sit too long. If it's sitting for more than two weeks, be proactive and call, you know, lower the price yourself or uh, call your property manager. Make sure they're lowering that price. Yeah. And I learned last episode, I had no idea, but when we were talking about insurance, that if it sits vacant for it's like 30 Over days 30 or whatever, days, yeah. then your insurance won't cover if somebody comes in and vandalizes yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You're, op- you're opening up your yourself to liability there anyway. Yeah. There's multiple reasons. Um, next, do not. Give your tenants your phone number. Yeah, your personal <laughs> yeah, cell phone. Yeah, your personal cell phone number. So this is tough to do if you're self-managing, right? I mean, that's yeah. part of the gig, right? They know they have to know how to get a hold of you. Um, but even then, like maybe get a Google Voice number for your for right. your your rentals, or I mean, you really should just hire us or hire another management company in your in your area and create a buffer between you and the tenant, and that it's not so that the tenant doesn't get great service. It's actually the opposite. And, and they're going to be able to get better service, 24-hour service and so forth if they have uh, have somebody else to reach out to. Yeah. The next one kind of piggybacks off of the do use a license-bonded insured contractor. Do not hire the Craigslist Wonder or your best friend to save a little bit of money on maintenance. Yeah. And so we're mentioning that on the do and the don't because it is, is double important. Um, countless, we have countless stories. I mean, it's not even funny. Some people, uh, what they'll do to save a buck and then they'll quickly regret it. Um, yeah. Craigslist is just probably a bad idea for just about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, uh, there, there's other avenues. There's these a, days. other avenues, especially <laughs> for service, service companies or contractors. Um, the next one do not get, or don't guess hire an expert. So this is almost kind of with the fair housing stuff you mentioned. Yeah. Like, don't, don't pretend like you're the expert and say, oh, do you know what? This is my interpretation of it. I'm going to roll with it. Yeah. An example would be we've had self-managers that hire us later on that are like, that would deny ESA animals, you know, uh, yeah. emotional support animals. So deny them as pet. They're like, oh yeah, I no pets. I don't care if it's ESA or not. And it's like, oh dude, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or even we talked about last episode, the keep going back to the insurance because I learned way more about insurance than I've ever had in my life. But that, uh, you know, you're, I would have never guessed to switch my insurance if I'm moving out of a property yeah. and someone else is moving in. But an expert's going to be like, hey, you got to switch that or else you're 
committing insurance fraud yeah. inadvertently. Yeah, and the uh, there's kind of the uh, when you hire a property manager, they should give you a couple guidelines. It's like here, yeah. here's a minimum limit. You need to switch your insurance. You need to register it with the county. You got to register with the city sales tax license for rental tax. You know all these different things that you would not know if you did it yourself. So right. you need to lean on an expert uh, there. So don't guess, hire an expert. Next one, don't cut corners on costs. That's kind of a general statement, but that it's an umbrella on all things, not just maintenance. It could be on property management. The cheapest is not necessarily the best. Yeah, um, You get what you pay for. Don't cut corners on costs. It has to do with upgrades. This even has to be on purchase price on a property. Right. It's like... You know, just because it's the cheapest house available doesn't mean it's the best rental. Um, and inverse to that, because it's expensive doesn't mean it's going to be the best rental either. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think here what uh, I had something in my head, but uh, I'll move on. Let's see. Don't discount your time. So how much is your time worth? We've mentioned that a dozen times. too. Yeah. That uh, don't discount your time. You've got to figure out, like, I'm going to spend X amount of week or X amount of hours a week or a year managing this myself. How much time and money am I really saving? If I am saving money, how much time is it taking me? Divide that by how much it would cost to hire somebody. And you determine, is my time worth that? Yeah. And I can tell you nine times out of 10, people are like, oh my gosh, it's that affordable to have a property management yeah. company. And I can deduct those fees on my taxes. Sign me up. And when they find out they would be essentially getting less than minimum wage oh, for yeah. what they're doing, they're like, oh, wait a sec. No, you know, no. I, I wouldn't do all this for $5 an hour. And it's oh, like, yeah. well, you are no, currently. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Spend, spend that time with your family or spend that time learning a new trade or advancing your career so you can buy more rentals. Yeah. Like, it's a, uh, it's kind of one of those things. You just got to commit to do it. Next is dispositions. Do not overcharge. Do not flirt with the line. Make sure that those are absolutely correct and be fair. Yeah. Um, dispositions, the security deposit disposition where you're accounting for that security deposit at the end of the lease. Most self-managers that end up hiring us have botched that big time. Um, we're, we're taking over a fourplex right now from a self-manager to a professional manager, you know, our firm now. And the owner called the sales guy and said, Hey, I had a tenant move out two weeks or uh, three weeks ago. Can you just do the security deposit disposition? We're like, Oh yeah. When did they move out? Oh, like three and a half weeks ago. It was like, we looked at the calendar. We're like, da, 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 da. Oh, that's more than 14 business days ago. You're in breach. Yeah. And we kind of counseled her and just said, Hey, do you know what? Just return the whole deposit. You are going to nickel and dime here and there for a couple hundred bucks, but you're going to lose that anyway, if you don't just give her the money back. Right. You know? So, um, don't, don't mess with it there. It's a, there's big penalties and it's not worth it. Okay. A couple more here. Number. Well, I guess they're not numbered, but the second to last one, right? Yeah. Don't, don't be too judgmental. <laughs> and it, that, that sounds hilarious, but we were talking yesterday and that's really what it is. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Don't judge them. You know, some of your perfect tenant in your mind may or may not be married. They may or may not have kids or pets or, you know, be, have this perfect rental history, but you're going to yeah. learn over time. None of that matters. Not only are they protected by the fair housing laws and so forth, that's a given, but you just want somebody that's there. They're paying rent out time. They're taking care of your property. That's it. Yeah. You, you don't want to assume, you know, we're, especially if you have a property management company that's doing a, a vetted 
application process. If they bring it to you, you know, they're bringing it to you because this is it, you know, move in. Don't, don't nitpick and judge. Like I really wanted an eight seventeen credit score and this guy's only got a seven fifty. and yeah. it's like, okay. That's actually, down. that's actually how this came to be. Ben and I were, were Googling it yesterday. Like what's the average credit score in, the, in Maricopa County, Pinal County, what's considered good, what's considered bad. And then we looked and we're like, what's happening is our clients, you know, our, the property owners are Googling it and they're going, that's a bad credit score because yeah. Google told me. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, this is a good applicant. Yeah. And just because they had a medical bill or, you know, something come up like this is a great applicant, you know? Yeah. This, There's this, a million this. things that could lower your credit score, and, you and, know, and take forever to get back. And they could have had, you know, 10 years of great rental history since then. Yeah. And it, it really is, you know, some of our, our clients, again, they're like, well, I have an 800 credit score. I can't accept X. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, look, man, they're in a different spot. Yeah. You know, just like you were, you know, before when you started out. So don't be judgmental. That's kind of an overlaying again an umbrella statement. But the tenant situation is is their is their situation and you gotta be you gotta realize those they're gonna rent from somebody and if they check all the boxes, we have to accept them anyway. So yeah, yeah. And the last one, I love it. This is the best. I think uh, Ben came up with this one, but don't be that guy. Yeah, don't be that guy. <laughs> don't be that guy. <laughs> so, you know, in my world, as the property management side of things, that guy is like the Karen or the Chad, they call yeah. it. I guess the Karen is the woman, the Chad, the guy that just constantly complains, constantly just points the finger, constantly stomps in the office. And it's like, dude, we're more than willing to work with everybody. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Don't be, don't be the one that, you know, is is uh, making your life miserable. Working with a property manager as a partnership, um, it's not quite a marriage, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it is a partnership. You know, you you do have to build trust, and there are going to be issues. And hopefully, you build trust, 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 trust. And then when one of the parties, either the owner or the tenant or the property manager, screws up, there's enough trust built where they go, "Do you know what, Ben? Yeah. I get it, man. You forgot to do that. Let's let's move on. Forgive yeah. and forget. Let's move on." Or we, we see a lot. Um where it's, you know, oftentimes we're the messenger where we're bringing oh, yeah. <laughs> not the news they want to hear. And it's like, you know, we'll hear these phone calls where somebody just goes off on someone and it's like, she, she didn't do anything. She's trying to help you with your investment property yeah. and you're laying into this person. And it's yeah, like, just don't, just don't be Karen. Yeah. Just don't be that guy, you know? Yeah. So d don't be that guy in quotes is the best. I mean, I, I would say on the dues, Looking at the top one is know your why. Why are you investing? Why do you own a rental? Why are you hiring a manager? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Because if you're miserable doing it, you need to get out of the game, first of all. Yeah. I mean, and, and understand maybe you're a better maybe you're a better investor in stocks or crypto or or yeah. whatever, just hoarding cash, gold, whatever it is. But understand your why, I think, is the biggest do. The biggest don't is don't be that guy. Just don't do it. Yeah. Just let let yourself be uh be open to being educated on how to be the best investor you can be. Yeah. It, you'll be successful. So awesome. All right. I love it. Love a good list. So that's it for us this time. Uh, we will see you guys next time and be sure to like, and if you can subscribe and leave us a, a review wherever you're listening to this, it really helps out and we'll see you guys next time.